Hello, and welcome to episode nine of Sheep Thrills. Uh, my name is Emily Lamb, and this is the Infrastructure Week episode. Guys, it's a big week. We're finally here. It's finally Infrastructure Week, um, and we have a lot to talk about today. So uh, the first thing I'm going to talk about, as the name of this episode suggests, I'm going to talk about Joe Biden's newly unveiled $2 trillion infrastructure package um, that he really just announced the past couple days. Um, we're also then going to talk about Amazon and their attempts at union busting, and we're going to talk about what that means and what paths they have um, tried to go on to, you know, increase public support for Amazon. We'll see how that is. And then we're going to talk about Matt Gates, who is a Republican congressman from Florida, and he has been in some hot water recently. We're going to talk about that. A lot of these stories all fall under my, you know, insane political story of the week umbrella, um, but there's just too much insanity to really fit into one story into that spot. So we're going to talk about insanity for a good portion of the episode today. So with all that being said, going to jump right into the first segment, which is again talking about Joe Biden's big infrastructure plan that he released. So this is you know, his first big policy initiative, his first policy goal um, after the American Rescue Plan, uh, which was the the COVID relief legislation that just passed through Congress, um, which, as we all know, uh, provided stimulus checks to most families and also, you know, kind of set up lots of different policies and initiatives to kind of continue building up the economy back to where we left it off um, and make sure that it's kind of continuing to grow. So it's really important that this infrastructure package is kind of the the second priority of the administration because we knew that um, COVID was going to be that first priority because obviously that's the most pressing issue that we're seeing right now. Um, But now that we've kind of gotten past that, and of course I'm sure that they're going to continue passing different COVID relief packages and different legislation around COVID, um, but this is the first seemingly separate non-COVID package that the Biden administration has presented. So we know that this is really indicative of their priorities for the rest of the administration. And, you know, however many like big legislative packages a one presidential administration can get through within one or even two terms, you know, you maybe get like two or three really big wins. Um, So since he's starting this off so soon, it's clear that this is something that obviously the administration is really prioritizing, which is great because it's something that we need to prioritize um, and we have not been prioritizing in the past and our infrastructure is crumbling to pieces and you know there's so much statistic there's so many statistics and there's so much research out there that indicates that if we continue to let our infrastructure degrade as it's degrading our entire country is going to fall apart like the entire economy is just going to go under you know within the next several years you know it's either that or climate change that's going to get us first um kind of around whether or not our economy can continue to grow and develop uh, and whether we can continue producing at the same level that we've been producing. So some of the major components of the infrastructure bill. Again, it's a $2 trillion package, which is a lot of money. So I would assume that as this whole process happens, uh, especially in like budget reconciliation within the Senate, if that's kind of the path that they end up going, I think that this number will shrink. But this is, you know, the idealistic Biden package. Um, So the kind of main thing, the main chunk of the money is a $621 billion appropriation for transportation infrastructure. So 
Secretary Mayor Pete, the new Secretary of Transportation, um, is big into that, and we were going to talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but basically, that just means bri- bridges, tunnels, roads, you know, rail systems, all of the different pieces of infrastructure that are just completely falling apart, trying to create different initiatives to rebuild them, build new pieces of infrastructure, um, and just like move forward in all of those things. So for example, something that's very important to the Northern New Jersey listeners, if there are any listening, um, is the Gateway Tunnel um, a coming in and out of Manhattan. And that's something that my representative in New Jersey was advocating for a lot um, because the you know all of the infrastructure going in and out of Manhattan from to New Jersey is just terrible and it's been kind of decrepit for years and we haven't been able to get the money and the support we've needed to um, move forward on rebuilding um, any of those pieces of infrastructure and it's meant delays and frustration and just New Jersey transit not the greatest transit system in the world um, for tons of issues including you know lack of funding mismanagement all those things but part of this money of course will go towards really investing in those infrastructure projects that are going to make our country more efficient, more economically viable, because, you know, X amount of our global GDP, or, or, you know, our country's GDP comes out of New York City, um, and so we really want to make sure that we're not restricting access to the city, and that people who are commuting in and out are actually able to get there, especially post-COVID, once everybody is actually commuting, they're back on the road, they're back on the trains. Um, It's going to be really important to make sure that New York is still accessible by um, all of the different uh, avenues of infrastructure that exist. And I also, like, kind of on the same topic, I'm sure a big chunk of this $621 billion is probably going to go into public transportation. So, you know, kind of talking about New York again, just because it's within my area of knowledge, um, the New York City subway system is also kind of falling apart. Um, and different metro systems all across the country, because of budget cuts and because of different... Um, issues that arose because of COVID, there's just been a a lot of struggling to keep metro systems moving. And we really, you know, again, we need those systems to keep the country moving and to keep our economy moving. Um, So I'm sure a big chunk of that money is going to be going into investing in um, subway and metro systems and public transportation, buses, whatever, to um, make sure that all of those systems stay really strong in this like post-COVID, post-pandemic world. So that's great that's kind of the 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 main framing of the bills around this big 621 billion dollar chunk um but then there's also a lot of other things um that this money is going to so for example uh 400 billion dollars is going to care for elderly and disabled americans um 300 billion is going towards improving drinking water systems and universal broadband and as i've said repeatedly on this show universal broadband is one of my favorite policy topics to talk about because it is both good politics and good policy you know especially especially you know thinking about the the world that we live in now this like hyper digital world um because of the pandemic and also just because of the nature of human interactions these days um we really need everyone to have equal access to the internet um in order to effectively bring everybody in to this community into this world community um and 
just the the inequity that arises with inequity and inaccess to um, universal broadband is such an important issue. And so I'm really excited to see the Biden administration putting this as a priority and putting this as a forefront um, on their administration, because it is definitely going to be a hard thing to get through. Um, but I I truly believe that access to the internet and access to universal broadband is a human right. You know, you can't survive, you can't be an active member of, an active and educated member of the your local community, the the United States community, the world community, without access to this information. So it's a really important topic, and I'm really excited to see that as part of the bill. There's also um, three hundred billion dollars into um, building and retrofitting affordable housing, um, along with constructing and upgrading schools, which is another really, really important topic. Um, so again, I, I keep going back to this, but the, the main framing around this bill is, you know, we had this like instantaneous response to COVID right now. Now, how could we build on those things to, um, you know, make our economy and make our global community stronger moving forward now that we're leaving, kind of coming out of this covid world? Um, so, now that everyone, all these students are going back to school, we need to really address the infrastructure that they're going to be returning to. And I'll even say within my own high school, I lived in a very privileged, very wealthy area. My high school was falling apart and there are parts of it where like the ventilation was terrible. And, um, you know, it just, even, even though I lived in this really great area and the school itself was really great, the actual building was not. Um, and you can imagine that there are so many schools in so many areas around the country that are just completely falling apart. Um, and in terms of public health, in terms of making sure that everyone is um, you know, able to access the resources, the education that they need in a way that's safe, it's so important to make sure that the infrastructure of all these schools is up to date, it's up to code, and they have the funding to make sure that um, that can all happen. So I'm, uh, that's another thing, again, that I'm really excited to see within this package. Um, and affordable housing as well. You know, a lot of the housing and zoning issues, that's another topic that we can uh, talk about in a future episode. But, you know, invest investments in building affordable housing and making sure that there are resources for people who need who need them uh, is, is a really, really important thing. And all of I can see that each piece in this bill is just working to you know chip away at some small forms of or you know intersecting forms of inequality that kind of lead to this like truly inequitable world that we're living in. So you know increasing access to sustainable transportation infrastructure means that people can commute to jobs in places other than directly where they live. Uh, they don't have to get a car. They can use cheaper. Um, in, they can use cheaper public transportation to get to different jobs around where they live. Um, you know, improving drinking water systems and universal broadband and, you know, having better schools and affordable housing. All of these things chip away at a different form of inequality that means that we're going to actually try to move into a more equitable world because people are going to have access to transportation to jobs. They're going to have access to sustainable housing. They're going to have access to nutrients, like, you know, water and food that they need. Um, they're going to be able to go to schools where they're safe and they have the resources that they need to be educated and to succeed in that education. Um, and all kind of along those lines. So I just think that's really important. Um, and then 
Kind of moving on, the last like big chunk of the bill is $580 billion in American manufacturing jobs, research and development, job training, all of that kind of stuff. So we can kind of see that this whole plan is a little bit New Deal-esque um, in that Biden is is pushing for all of these new infrastructure projects in a way to um, build up the amount of jobs that are available for American citizens. So this is, it's, it's interesting to see kind of parallels between this package and past packages that are kind of along the similar infrastructure lines. Um, but, you know, a major, as I've said um, before, a major component of this bill is not just pandemic recovery, but how can we take the lessons from this pandemic and the lessons of the past several years and actually move forward? You know, because we're building back better, as is the tagline of the uh, Biden campaign and something that I, I, I talk about a lot. Um, you know, we can't just build back to the place that we were. We have to continually move forward, uh, which is clearly something that this package is trying to do. And it's not just addressing direct COVID issues. It's addressing issues that ex- have existed in the past and have been exacerbated by COVID. Um, so I am excited to see how this all goes. So um, the way that Biden intends on this program being funded. Of course, all the Republicans are going to have a hissy fit about um, spending money on helping people, which, because of course, that's, you know, not what the government should do. The government should not spend any money and not help any people because, you know, that that's a really efficient use of our time and our resources as the United States government, but whatever. So, um, the proposed tax increase is a um, is increasing the corporate tax rate to 28%, um, and then that's on top of other tax reforms that make it harder for corporations to like avoid paying taxes. So trying to stop loopholes around like creating tax havens and whatnot. Um, so 28% seems high, and the Republicans among us may freak out about that. Um, but it's important to ref- note that this that tax rate was much, much higher in the past, and it just got recently cut by the Trump administration. Um, so it's just slightly raising it, um, even below where it used to be, um, kind of several years in the past. Um, so, you know, it's basically saying that companies like Amazon, that we're going to talk about later, should be paying a, you know, a larger percentage, um, because, that's what your responsibility is as an American company is to pay taxes and to help people. Um, so I don't particularly like talking about taxes, but I think that it's important that um, Biden's very specifically, and when he was presenting this package, he very specifically mentioned um, kind of Amazon by name when talking about like the, you know, the corporate responsibility um, to funding infrastructure initiatives um, and the fact that this package is not going to be funded by individuals. It's going to be funded by those corporations, um, which I think is great because a lot of the corporations that are going to be taxed a little bit more heavily by this bill, um, I do believe have a responsibility to um, invest a little bit more in the country and they shouldn't be able to just get away with paying zero taxes. That's something that really frustrates me. Why I'm I'm an Elizabeth Warren stan. So anyway, that's kind of just like a brief overview of the bill um, and kind of things that I find really interesting about it. But again, I think that the, the, the main thing and the main takeaway from all of this is that we're transitioning from focusing on like the here and now of the pandemic. 
uh, towards working towards, again, like making sure that the economy doesn't fall apart again um, once our infrastructure system just completely degrades beyond saving or beyond, you know, coming back from. So, and again, um, the fact that this is the second main policy initiative and the fact that, you know, maybe if there wasn't COVID to be the first policy initiative, this would have been his first priority. Um, and it's it's also really important to note that a lot of this bill addresses climate change as well. So it's kind of an infrastructure climate change kind of combination bill. Um, and it's interesting that climate change is among his first pri- domestic priorities, at least because climate is a hot topic, pun intended, uh, in our country. And it's also a little bit controversial within the Democratic coalition um, because throughout the campaign trail, he Biden said repeatedly that he does not support a ban on fracking. And that was a major point of contention among Democrats because most Democrats, especially most, most I mean, I shouldn't say most Democrats in general, progressive Democrats are strongly, strongly in favor of a fracking ban um, because they think that it does more harm than benefit to the country. And um, they we should be investing in, you know, renewable energy sources rather than continuing to pursue, um, you know, energy strategies that are clearly degrading the environment. But and then it's also important to note that uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, throughout the campaign trail, her campaign, her primary campaign, said that she did support a ban on fracking. Um, and then, of course, that was a major point of contention within the general election. Um, and she was seriously questioned in the debate and in just the media saying, you know, if you are so if you believe so much in this ban against fracking, how can you support and you know, work for a candidate who doesn't believe in fracking. Um, And then on top of that, the new um, Secretary of the Interior, um, Deborah Halland, said that she also does not support um, or does support a ban on fracking. Um, So now we see multiple high-level officers within the executive branch um, kind of coming out against fracking. And it's just going to start a lot of conversations around climate change and around where the Biden administration wants to go on this. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see if he like walks back his claims about fracking. I don't see how he could feasibly do that and still have some kind of like credibility um, because he did say it repeatedly like over and over and over again that he was not going to ban fracking. So anyway, I just think that that's really interesting. Um, and again, we'll have to see how this conversation evolves. Um, and of course the bill was just introduced. So now it's going to go to the House, go to the Senate, blah, blah, blah. They're going to have a whole fight about the budget reconciliation process. It's going to be very similar to the process on um, the COVID relief bill. Um, and they're going to, you know, try to get it through budget reconciliation. Um, and they're going to fight about that. And the parliamentary, the parliamentarian is going to say something and Bernie Sanders is going to say something else. And it, I think it's going to look very similar to the process that we saw with the COVID relief bill. Um, but if the Democrats play their cards correctly, um, they will hopefully be able to pass this bill in the same way that they did. Well, hopefully they can build a broad enough coalition of Republicans with backbones who can see that this bill is actually going to serve to help the American people. And they're able to, you know, pass this bill in the Senate with a 70-30 vote and it's going to be amazing and everyone's going to have such a great time, but likely that's not going to happen because Republicans are hypocrites um, and do not have backbones. So what's likely going to happen, uh, again, if the Democrats play their cards correctly, is that 
um, we're going to end up with, you know, a Kamala Harris making the tie-breaking vote in the Senate, 51-50, um, and we're not going, they're not going to have to get Republican support similarly to what they did with the COVID relief bill. Um, but again, all of this is probably going to play out in the summer. Again, this bill was literally just released in the past, like, couple of days. Um, so there's still a lot that is going to be spoken about, a lot that's going to be uncovered, um, and debated and yelled about in the media. Um, so we'll have to see how it all develops, but I am personally excited to see that this is such a high priority for the Biden administration. So now I want to move on to talking about Amazon and why they've been in the news for the past week. Um, so Amazon is always in the news for something good, bad, and different. Maybe they're building drones. Maybe they're, you know, abusing their employees. You know, there's always there's always something. It's a huge company. It's um, very profitable. It generates a whole lot of income. Um, so it's it's always in the news. But the reason they've been in the news this week um, is because there is a big movement right now around um, Amazon trying to stop their employees from creating a um, union. So there's there's several um, movements that are happening around the country uh, where Amazon employees are attempting to create a union in order to, you know, increase their collective bargaining power um, and, you know, just try to ensure better working conditions for themselves. I'm sure you guys remember story a couple years ago that's kind of come up a lot of the fact that Amazon employees received such few breaks that they were forced to pee in water bottles um, instead of taking their breaks um, because they like weren't able to. Um, and just like other terrible stories about working conditions as Amazon drivers and in Amazon warehouses, um, and there's just all of these stories. And Amazon has continually, um, you know, said that they, um, you know, they aren't true. They're false stories, blah, blah, blah. Um, but there's been such a large number of these stories that it's very likely that they're true. And the fact that Amazon employees are trying so fervently to unionize, I think, personally, indicates the fact that they are 100%, you know, experiencing poor working conditions that can be rectified by a union. Um, so there's all of this, this, this going on. They're trying to unionize. Politicians are talking about it on Twitter as they do. Um, and suddenly we see the official Amazon Twitter account starting fights with politicians on Twitter. And that's just, it, it, I, I saw it in the wild, the wild being, I was just randomly scrolling through Twitter and I saw it before it was a, you know, like a highlight on the, like the Twitter, um, news page. So I was pretty... I don't know. I don't know if I should be proud of that. But anyway, so the politicians were basically saying, look at, you know, Amazon employees are attempting to create a union and Amazon is trying to stop them. Just basically saying the news, basically uh, indicating their support for Amazon trying to unionize. Um, so for reference, just to like read these tweets out. So Representative Mark Pokin uh, tweeted, paying your workers $15 an hour doesn't make you a, quote, progressive workplace when you union bust and make workers urinate in water bottles. And again, the official verified Amazon News Twitter account responded and said, you don't really believe that peeing in bottles thing, do you? If that were true, nobody would work for us. The truth is, is that we have over a million incredible employees around the world who are proud of what they do and have great wages and health care from day one. 
And then, which is just crazy for like an official like company account to just like tweet something like that out. Um, and so Elizabeth Warren jumped into the fray as she would do as a as a strong protector of unions and anti you know a, a, a true trust buster. Um, and then she said, you know, I didn't write the loopholes you exploit at Amazon. Your armies of lawyers and lobbyists did. But bet you'll bet. But you bet I'll fight to make sure you pay your fair share and fight your union busting and fight to break up big tech so that you're not powerful enough to heckle senators with snotty tweets, which was just a great, a great mic drop. But again, Amazon News quote retweeted her and said, this is extraordinary and revealing. One of the most powerful politicians in the United States just said she's going to break up an American company so that they can't criticize her anymore. Uh, I, th- that This whole exchange is just bonkers and insane. And I just, when, the, when those first set of tweets came out, everyone was like, LOL, some, some intern is going to get fired for doing that. Like some random, you know, college student sitting in their basement writing tweets for Amazon is going to get fired. And it's, what's, then they just kept going, you know, they, they kept starting fights with politicians on Twitter, uh, which did not make them look better. I'm not sure what their intent was, uh, but it certainly did not endear them to anybody, I don't think. Um, and if this was just like an isolated incident of like one intern, like making a bad tweet, it would have been deleted. It would have been like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to start a fight with like sitting Congress people on Twitter, um, but then they just kept going. So it was clear that this was like an initiative from the in- actual office um, and from like the social media division, whatever. They were saying, yeah, keep keep fighting with these politicians on Twitter. That's going to make you look really, really good. So it was just so strange. Um, and again, like didn't endear them to anybody and just made people start talking about all of the different instances and reports of inequality and you know, poor conditions in the workplace, um, just all over the internet, on Twitter, in the news, everywhere. So it it really did not do them any favors. So not that I'm an expert in social media policy, but I'm I'm going to put it out there that if you know for sure that you've done things wrong in your um, in your treatment of employees, even though you're going to deny it publicly on social media, don't do things that are going to make people do more research and look into actual stories from Amazon employees. Um, just just don't do it. It's not, not a good look. Not a good look. And again, I think this everything ties back together that now Amazon is just in the news, in the news, in the news, and not for good things, for bad things. Um, and talking about Amazon and their loopholes and not paying taxes. This was something, again, that I mentioned earlier in the show that Joe Biden mentioned specifically by name, making sure that saying Amazon is going to have to pay taxes. They're going to close those loopholes that allow Amazon to not pay taxes. That's bad press. That's a whole lot of bad press for Amazon because they some some idiot on Twitter decided that they wanted to start a fight with sitting members of the government. Now, on top of all of this, and I know that this seems like it should be the insane political story of the week, but it's not because there's so much other stuff that happened this week. Um, here's they so they're 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 trying this union busting um, movement, right? They're trying to stop Amazon employees from organizing. They're trying to you know manipulate whatever, blah blah blah. So what they do 
is they create a bunch of fake Twitter accounts with like random fake personalities saying, I'm an Amazon employee and I love it here. And I'm so proud to be an Amazon employee and it's such a great place to work. And it's, it's amazing. Like fake like bot accounts. And it's just like, I, I, I'll try to find these tweets, but they are insane. And they're like, I work in warehouse XYZ and it's the greatest place I've ever been. And I can't wait for my, I encourage my entire family to become Amazon employees. And you can look at the profile picture and it's just like a picture of a stock photo. And then their, their use, their username is like Amy Amazon. Very confusing. And again, like everyone knew that these were bots and they were fake accounts that were just like used again to try to like furiously make Amazon look better. Until they created an account um, for another one of these like fake bot accounts that used the profile picture of one of the guys in this YouTube channel called Dude Perfect, which is like a trick shot account. And everyone was looking at this. They're like, this this man is a YouTuber. He is not an Amazon employee. Like they literally just like searched like buff white dude. They clicked the first picture. They're like, this will do. That is fully a YouTuber. I, I don't know what they expected to happen. Um, but yeah, that did not go over well. And everyone was like, hey, that's that's the guy from Dude Perfect. I don't really know what you intended to achieve with that. Um, but you did not achieve your desired effect at all in this situation. Um, so Amazon, get it together. I don't know. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but it certainly looks like y'all are scrambling. Uh, and I'm, yeah, good for you guys. Continue to scramble. Continue to scramble. So anyway, that's just all I wanted to say about Amazon. I just thought that that was a very interesting story. Um, some Someone's getting fired. Someone is, this has been a week of bad press for Amazon and they are, yeah, someone, someone is not going to make it through the next couple of weeks. Some poor interns are losing, losing their probably unpaid job. So next, the thing I want to talk about, which is half very serious and half clinically insane is the story about Matt Getz. Again, congressman from Florida, um, frequently in the news because he's one of the big Trump sycophants, um, just generally says lots of crazy stuff for clicks. Not my favorite member of Congress, if you can imagine such a thing. But so he's he's crazy. People don't like him, whatever. That he's he said lots of controversial, problematic things. Um, but there's never ever there's never been any like a really huge issue with him until uh until this week, uh, when a story broke that Matt Getz has been accused of traveling with and paying for sex with a 17-year-old girl. So, based on what I was talking about last week with the Violence Against Women Act and all of the just multiple forms of intersecting inequality um, that are affecting women these days, and the fact that I, I don't know for sure, but I'm going to make the argument that Matt Getz did not um, vote to reapprove the um, Violence Against Women Act. I'm just saying that. I will put a correction somewhere if I am wrong about that, but I'm just going to say I don't think that he really respects women, which is not a really surprise to anyone, but this allegation is a, a really, really big deal. 
um, because it's just, it's, it's despicable, you know, he has been, he's being investigated by the Justice Department, um, as part of, like, a larger probe around, um, you know, different, like, sexual assault rings and trafficking rings, but they're basically saying that he was involved in a trafficking and prostitution scandal involving a minor, again, involving a 17-year-old girl, um, so this probe, like, I'll, I'll put more information, um, places, but, it's in it's just an insane insane story and again looking at it from just this perspective of oh my god a federal politician a man who represents you know hundreds of thousands of people in congress someone who people elect to congress is involved in this this despicable despicable act um but on top of it all matt gets one on tucker carlson this week to talk about the issue and to see, you know, as Tucker Carlson said, to see if there was more beyond the actual news article. And the story was, the, the, the interview was insane. Like, I watched it, I watched parts of it, and my brain was melting. It was, it was completely crazy, and I'll, I'll intermingle a couple clips of the interview. Um, but he basically said that the allegations are entirely false, and he thinks that he's being extorted by the government um he thinks that like this is this is plot against him and his family um and he said i'm quoting here that no part of the allegations against me are true um and then he says again that the people that these the fact that he's being targeted for these claims is an ongoing extortion effort um which is very confusing and he never really explained like why he was being extorted or like what's going on there although he thinks that there is some connection with him and his father being required to cooperate with different, like, federal officers. So, again, like, I'm sure that there is going to be a lot more on the story that comes out in the next couple weeks, but it is just wild. And, you know, I am not a Tucker Carlson fan. Again, I don't know if you could believe it that I'm not a Tucker Carlson fan, but... Of course, he had Matt Getz on the show so that he could, try, you know, try to clear his name and all these, like, outs, you know, all these outspoken Republican men can band together, whatever. And Matt Getz gets on the show and starts encrypt or attempting to or implying that Tucker Carlson was, like, also incriminated in this whole scandal. And obviously, this is a audio-only situation, so I can't show you a video, but go online, search for it. These videos are insane. Just Tucker Carlson's just look of complete disbelief in these videos is hilarious. It is just absolutely, you know, he's, you know, Matt Getz tries to be like, oh, well, you know, do you remember that time that you and your wife went to dinner with me and that other girl and, you know, you paid for our hotel, our hotel room and our airlines? And Tucker was like, no, I actually don't remember that. I don't know what you're saying. Are you trying to incriminate me in this situation? So you're, and, and I'll get to the investigation in a sec, but, but you're saying that David McGee was motivated by greed. He was trying to extort money from your family. That's his motivation, you're saying. Uh, I know that there was a demand for money in exchange for a commitment that he could make this investigation go away along with his co-conspirators. 
They even claim to have specific connections inside the Biden White House. Now, I don't know if that's true. They were promising that Joe Biden would pardon me. Obviously, I don't need a pardon. I'm not seeking a pardon. I have not done anything improper or wrong. But what I am troubled by uh, is the real motivation for all of this. You know, just tonight, Ted Lieu, a Democrat, is calling on me to be removed from the House Judiciary Committee. And I believe we are in an era of our politics now, Tucker, where people are smeared to try to take them out of the conversation. I'm not the only person on screen right now who's been falsely accused of a terrible sex act. You were accused of something that you did not do. And so you know what this feels like. You know the pain it can bring to your family. And you know how it just puts people on defense when you're accused of something so salacious and awful. But it did not happen. It is not true. And the fact that it is the basis of this attempt to extort my family tells a lot. And if the FBI and Department of Justice will release the tapes that they are in possession of, the American people will see what is really going on. You just referred to a mentally ill viewer who accused me of a sex crime 20 years ago. Um, and, it, of course, it was, it was not true. I never met the person. Um, but but I, I do agree with you that being accused falsely is one of the worst things that can happen. And you do see it a lot. Again, honestly, watch these videos. It's hilarious. Just watching Tucker Carlson's eyes get narrower and narrower and his mouth get a more pouted throughout this entire interview is hilarious. And then he ends the interview and I'll play the whole clip because it's hilarious. But he's like, well, I brought him onto the show so that we could try to clear his or, you know, try to get more information about this whole issue. Um, but honestly, it's more unclear than it was before. And I guess we'll just never know what happened. Matt Gates interview. That was one of the weirdest interviews I've ever conducted. That story just appeared in the news a couple of hours ago. And on the certainty that there's always more than you read in the newspaper, we immediately called Matt Gates and asked him to come on and tell us more, which as you saw, he did. I don't think that clarified much, uh, but it certainly showed this is a deeply interesting story and we'll be, we'll be following it. Don't quite understand it, but we'll bring you more. It was insane. And again, you know, all these Republican men, they try to band together. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It, it's just a crazy story. And we're going to learn more about it over the next couple of weeks as, you know, there's more information that comes out about the accusations. And then also the, um, we learn more about Matt Getz's accusation of the fact that he thinks that he's being extorted. And we'll also see if that gets ever actually gets charged with anything um, because he, you know, is vehemently denying everything. And he says that, you know, the person doesn't exist and uh, there's never been any kind of relationship. And also in the Tucker Carlson interview, he was like, and, you know, they used to claim that I had, you know, there are pictures of me with child prostitutes and those pictures don't exist either. Everyone was like, what's what's going on here? Why are you talking about child prostitutes, Matt Getz? This is not, what, what's going on? Um, so there will definitely be a lot of, a lot more information that comes out. And I think that it'll be especially interesting to see if he gets charged. Um, and of course, you know, this kind of, again, it comes on the heels of all of this information about, um, you know, how dangerous it is to be a woman and how dangerous it is to be a girl in America and around the world. Um, all this news last week, and um, just over the past several years. Um, and so it's and on top of like all the Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell um, information that we're that we got, you know, a couple years ago um, and that we're getting now. It's 
very upsetting again to see like how close these issues are to the federal government and to people in power and to people making these like important decisions about our lives and about policy that's really going to help us right so if matt gets is off you know exploiting a 17 year old girl why is he allowed to also say that um you know, we shouldn't have COVID relief. You know, it's just this like mismatch of morals and of and of positions. You know, if you're if you're a morally decrepit individual, and this is across the political spectrum, Democrat, Republican, uh Libertarian, Green Party, I do not care. If you are a morally decrepit human being, if you do not truly uphold you know, values and you don't believe in the dignity of other human beings, you should not be an elected official. And we have to create some kind of framework, some kind of infrastructure to make sure that people like this are not getting elected. And I don't know, I don't know what this comes down to, whether it's it's a matter of education on the part of voters, or whether it's a matter of, um, you know, trying to create some like better institutional framework for recruiting the best candidates and parties weeding out those candidates that don't represent the values of the American people. But there there has to be something else that's done because just bad people being in politics decreases the, legitimis, le- the legitimacy of our federal government. And that's just, I don't think that's a good thing. I think that we want to make sure that we have a strong governmental system. We want to make sure that our institutions are strong and idiots like Matt Getz even if you know he's never charged with anything what he's done in the past it supports the fact that he is not a good person and good people are what we need in government and bad people like Matt Getz and like Lauren Boebert and like Marjorie Taylor Greene are not people that we need in our federal government and we need to weed them out in order to you know be be have a more effective government long term. Um, And it's just general disbelief in a lot of the things that we hear in our government. And just American politics is insanity. Just true, true insanity. It's like every week I'm like, oh, what am I going to talk about on the podcast? And then four things happen that I'm just like, "I, I don't even know how to process these things anymore. I don't know how to process the fact that, you know, sitting congressmen are being accused of exploiting a 17 year old girl and being involved in child prostitution rings like that's just insanity to me and I know that blah 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 these issues have been going on for a long time and there's plenty of people across the political spectrum who have been doing bad things for a long time and it's it's really important to me that these bad things have been going on for a long time because it's clear that we've never really addressed it we've never said oh this is a huge issue that we have yet to confront in our country how can we do that how can we confront these issues? How can we make sure that those we're electing are representing us, are good people, are people who have morals and values that actually align with the American people and with American democracy? I don't know. I don't know where to go from there. I don't know what else there is even to say, but I will say that it's going to be very interesting to see where um, where this all goes moving forward. As I say at the end of every segment, the American politics is always changing. There's always new information coming out. The news cycle is very, very fast. So as things happen, I will, you know, we'll all, we'll all keep you updated. But 
So now I want to move into my two insane political stories of the week. I have two this week. So the first is, it's not, maybe it's not necessarily political, but I think that it counts because we're talking about political correctness and it has politics in the word. So we're going to, we're going to do it. So Lil Nas X, who is the singer of Old Town Road, which is such a ridiculous thing that I'm talking about, but he um, just recently released a song um, called Call Me By Your Name. Um, and he also released a music video along with it. And in that music video, he is, you know, he's, he, he has, he's depicted himself in hell, maybe, maybe not having sex with Satan, whatever. That's, it's just, you know, artistic license, artistic creativity. But people lost their actual minds. Just, they lost it. They lost their minds. And they were like, you know, Hollywood is turning all of our children into Satanists. And where does, you know, where, you know, Lil Nas X, he's, he's supposed to release music for children and this is not appropriate for children. And basically saying that he was going to go to hell and anyone who supports him is going to go to hell. Um, and it was intense and it's still kind of intense, like the backlash that's happening right now. But it's just, it's okay. So there's multiple, there's multiple intersecting issues here that make it insane. Number one, in what, there's a million depictions of hell, of the devil, of Satan in popular culture. All over the place, there's depictions of the devil. And I don't see people freaking out about it. Nobody's in outrage when um, all of uh, other depictions of hell are put into popular media. But suddenly, when it's a black gay man who is presenting this depiction of hell, of Satan, of trying to, you know provide some ownership over his own identity, that's when people start to lose their minds. Mm, I don't know. Sounds fishy to me. And then again, like, as he said, and as is kind of, like, clear, he's a, you know, he's a gay man, and he, a lot of people say, if you're gay, you're gonna go to hell. And he said, okay, I'm gonna go to hell. So now he's, you know, in this music video, he's depicted himself in hell, and now people are mad about it. It's like, what do you want from him? What do you want from him? Um, and I, so I just think, the the overreaction on the part of everybody it's not just because he wrote one song that like appealed to children doesn't mean that he is a children's performer he's not the wiggles you know he's an adult man who's writing music for other adults so if you don't like the music that he's producing you don't have to listen to it and if you don't want your children to listen to it they don't you, you can make sure that they don't listen to it either that's the same it's the same argument with you know wop whatever it's just because it's a song that exists, not every single piece of media has to appeal to children. And if you don't want to listen to it, if you don't want your children to listen to it, then you don't have to. But why are you making decisions about what other, what media other people should consume? That's insane. It's insane. You know, let people live and adults, you know, can, whatever, whatever. It's just so frustrating to me because it's this like intense double standard of people being like, oh, political correctness is so bad, and all liberals are snowflakes, and nobody can take a joke anymore. But as soon as a woman owns her sexuality, or as soon as a gay man, you know, makes a joke out of the fact that everyone is telling him he's going to go to hell, suddenly everyone's up in arms. And suddenly all these people are freaking out on Twitter and having a meltdown um, over these pieces of, of media, of art. 
It's like choose a side, okay? If you if you are gonna make fun of liberals and their liberal tears, and then you're gonna turn around and get angry at someone for depicting Satan, I, I don't know what to tell you because it sounds like you're the snowflake, and I don't I don't know. It just seems deeply frustrating and like a deep double standard to me, um, and I just think that people need to get over themselves and you no one's no one is forcing headphones onto your ears and making you listen to WAP no one no one is forcing you to listen to it no one is forcing you to watch the music video no one is forcing you to watch the performances if you don't like it turn away from it okay it's the same thing that you do like when someone puts out a football game I don't like football I don't want to watch football I'm gonna go in the other room because I don't enjoy it okay so it's the same issue it's the same difference Right? If someone's, if someone's listening to WAP, someone's watching a music video for WAP, go in the other room. If you don't like it, remove yourself from the situation. Don't make everyone else feel like they're morally decrepit for enjoying a piece of popular media. It's insane to me. So, that's insane political story of the week number one. Insane political story of the week number two. It's not just insane. It's a little sad. I'm, I'm a little sad about it. I'm a little concerned. Major Biden, one of Joe Biden's dogs, bit another person. Oh no. Oh no. Um, the, all these stories have been coming out about the fact that the dogs are maybe not transitioning to life in the White House very well. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm a little concerned for the dogs. If I, you know what? I'll take them in. Joe Biden, if you're listening to this, I will take your dogs in if you would like for a short time. Um, it's okay. We're good. I, I I live in a very, very small apartment, but I think that we can handle two full-sized, like, German Shepherds. Um, for sure. 100%. We will, you know, I hardly ever leave my apartment because I go to college online. So we could really take very good care of them, watch over them while you're, you know, helping them, trans- helping them transition into the White House. You don't have to go back and forth to Delaware every time. Just leave them with us. We'll take care of them. Um, and all I know is that we need to believe Major Biden. Uh, I believe him. He was provoked. He was provoked. He didn't do it. And if he did it, he did it for a good reason. Um, I also, I, I yeah. I, I hope that the dogs are doing okay. And I hope that Jill and Joe aren't too stressed out because it seems like they have a lot of things to think about. And thinking about their dogs and whether or not they're biting people is probably not the the most important thing for them to think about but with all of that being said this was the infrastructure week episode of sheep thrills again my name is emily lamb thank you guys so much for listening it is a pleasure to talk to you guys and chat about politics and just rant like crazy for a little bit um and yeah so that's it for me thank you guys so much for listening and i will talk to you guys next week bye